Welcome to a special edition of The Fastest Five Minutes, presented by Kroll and Mooring. Our podcast is a bi-weekly summary of significant government contracts' legal and regulatory developments that no government contracts lawyer or executive should be without. This is Peter Ayer, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Per Midbo, to discuss key questions about a potential government shutdown. As you all probably know, Congress has not yet passed crucial funding bills for the start of the fiscal year 2024. If Congress does not act by September 30th, the government may be forced to shut down for lack of funding. While Congress may still act, agencies across the government are preparing for a shutdown, and contractors should do so as well. The key issues that contractors would face under a government shutdown may vary with circumstances of individual contracts and orders, but there are a number of common considerations and questions that we're talking to companies about. So against that backdrop, let's get started. And, and Per, maybe you can start by just talking about, uh, from your perspective, when we say the government may shut down, what does that actually mean for contractors? Well, Peter, as you know, Congress controls agency actions through its constitutional power of the purse. This includes controls on contract spending, but it also includes controls on personnel costs the agencies incur as they perform their mission. Congress exercises this control through its Appropriations Acts, uh, where generally on an annual basis makes money available for a limited time. When that time frame expires, the appropriation lapses and the agencies cannot incur new personnel costs and must furlough all but their essential personnel. This is what we're talking about when we describe a government shutdown. And what would the impact of a shutdown be on government contractors? In general, the agency shutdown plans affirm that contractors should continue to perform their existing funded contracts up to the funding level already obligated to that contract and subject to the applicable periods of performance. Shutdowns do raise two main issues for contractors, the first being that the agencies cannot award new contracts, exercise options, or add funding without a new appropriation. That's because these new contract actions incur new obligations. There is a carve-out for accepted activities, which is generally activities that are for the safety of human life or protection of property, and there are special rules that govern how the agency can go about determining what is an accepted activity. The other main issue that shutdowns raise for contractors is, is that the agency personnel are not available to oversee or support the contractor work and that certain federal facilities may be closed. This can have an impact on the continued performance of the existing funded contracts. And several of the agency shutdown plans note that where federal employee involvement is crucial to the success of a contract, agencies may issue a stop work order or terminate the contract during the shutdown. But contractors should review their specific agency shutdown plans that are applicable to their contracts for more information on this. So let's fast forward and assume that there is a shutdown. What should contractors do if performance is delayed or disrupted by that shutdown? There are three key actions that contractors want to take to protect themselves if their performance is delayed or disrupted. First, contractors should track and document the shutdown impacts on their contracts from both a cost and a schedule perspective. They should also be sure that they submit timely notification of change letters, even during the shutdown, and that when the government reopens, they follow up with timely requests for equitable adjustment to ensure that the agency's shutdown modifications account for all of the applicable impacts to the contractor's performance. 
Also, if contractors have idle personnel, they may be forced to consider reassignment, forced leave, furlough, or layoff. If they do, contractors should consider the applicable labor and employment law requirements, such as WARN Acts, alongside any of their con contract requirements. And Perry, you bring a pretty unique perspective to this, having been on the government side during shutdowns and on private sector uh, side now. From your standpoint, are contractors likely to experience payment delays? Uh, and if so, will payments be made eventually? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so contractors will almost certainly experience payment delays during the shutdown, most likely through the end of the shutdown, in part because the agencies don't have all of the personnel in, in the office to make the payments. And this even includes accepted activities. In general, also contractors must continue to perform even in the face of non-payment. So contractors should seek legal counsel before taking any steps towards unilaterally stopping work, even where the government has not paid. I also wanted to highlight the difference in terms of payment risk between work performed for uh, existing funded contracts and new contracts that are taken for accepted activities or that the contractors take or perform at risk. For the first set where contractors are performing existed funded contracts, all indications are that they will be paid at some point after the shutdown has occurred. Where contractors work at risk, however, there is increased risk of non-payment. And these are areas that include continuing performance beyond an applicable funding limit or a period of performance in an existing funded contract or where a contractor begins performance ahead of an actual contract award. So keeping in mind that every situation is different and companies should seek legal counsel, what are your thoughts on any big picture practical tips that companies should keep in mind in advance of any potential shutdown? Sure. There are essentially two main actions contractors should be taking before the shutdown occurs and two actions they should be taking after the shutdown occurs. In the pre-shutdown environment, contractors should identify situations where they have existing contracts that have funding that is getting low or where the contract has an expiring period of performance. In that situation or those situations, the contractor should ask the contracting officer to add funding or to grant an extension before the shutdown occurs to allow the contractor to continue performing as an existed funded contract. Additionally, contractors should identify situations where they are in negotiations with the government for the award of a contract that it might be possible to award and fund before the lapse of the appropriations. In those situations, the contractor should reach out to the contracting officer to determine if it's possible to receive an early award, um, again, so that they can continue performing that newly awarded effort as an existing funded contract once the shutdown occurs. If the government will not accelerate the award of the new effort, contractors should also ask the contracting officer to provide them written approval to incur pre-contract costs that will be allowable subject to the appropriation of funds and subsequent award of the effort after the shutdown. During the shutdown, contractors should also uh, look to take two specific actions. One, they should exercise caution when performing accepted activities through new contract actions. The government really has a two-step process here. First, the agencies have to determine that an activity is accepted. And then second, they have to take the new contract action. Contractors should be careful to wait until that second step, the new contract action occurs before they begin performing any accepted activities. 
Secondly, contractors who are exploring moving affected staff to ongoing direct or indirect work that's ongoing during the shutdown should be sure to check that their actions are consistent with the applicable cost accounting principles and their disclosure statement. Thank you so much, Pear. That's really great uh, thoughts and advice. Um, and of course, uh, we are available if, if any of you all have questions and would like to reach out to us. With that, we will wrap up this special edition of the Fastest Five Minutes brought to you by Kroll and Mooring. See you again in two weeks. If you have any questions, I can be reached at 202-624-2807 and Pear can be reached at 202-624-2697. Thank you all so much for joining us. The Fastest Five Minutes podcast is brought to you by Kroll and Mori LLP. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoy our show, please leave us a review. You can find more information at kroll.com slash govconpodcast. podcast.